Uh, it's a great video. I, I really enjoyed that because what it does, if you know anything about the Bible, if you don't, there's uh, in, in the Bible, Paul writes a, a letter to the Corinthian church, and that's what you just saw, uh, that he was describing in, uh, uh, in chapter 13, which we hear it at weddings, the ingredients, what I like to call the ingredients of love, and love is patient, love is kind, and there's a whole lot to say about love. And in John uh, chapter 4, that's what we're focusing on. Uh, remember, I want to just uh, give everybody, uh, uh, just recap why John's writing this letter, especially for those of you who may be visiting. This is a letter that was written to uh, several churches, really. And um, when he wrote uh, uh, this, he was writing because... Uh, most of you know this, but if you don't, he was writing because there were these group of people that had come into the church uh, that had been teaching people who had come out of the church, and they were Gnostics. They were, it was Gnosticism. And here's what they believed. And some of you are already uh, going to probably at home, you've heard me say it over and over. They believed that anything that had to do with the Spirit is good, and anything that had to do with the flesh was evil. And so all of a sudden, these Gnostics start, te start teaching this, while at the same time, the church is being built. And it's being built on this understanding that uh, Jesus uh, uh, was the Son of God. He came in flesh, and the Gnostics said that's not possible. It's not possible that a God who is spirit could come into, that is good, could come into anything that's evil, that is flesh. And so what happens is these new believers were hearing this message, and they were struggling with it, some of them. And so this caused a rift in the church. It actually caused, as we read here, we would know that it caused a little dissension in the church. And some people walked away and just said, you know what, since the, the body is flesh and we're all going to sin, I'm just going to sin and believe in God. And, 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 and uh, John was writing saying, no, you, you can't do that. And, and some of them were saying, well, I guess it, that God's not real because there's no way that, uh, or that Jesus was not God because there's no way by, the, by what, what the Gnostics say that God could even come into this flesh because it's evil. And so many people walked away from the church is what we've learned. And about this, uh, about this part of the letter, remember when it's written a letter, it doesn't have chapters, it doesn't have verses. It's just a letter. It's broken down for us as we learn it and study it. And in John chapter 4, verses 7 through 21, they're really dealing, he's dealing with this idea of love. And so when you see what we're about to read in just a few minutes, when you see anything that has to do with loving the brother, it's specifically talking about us loving one another. And that means us as believers, those who claim and understand. Now, it doesn't mean that we're not supposed to love the world and treat them with kindness. That's the ingredients of love. Uh, but we are supposed to make sure that we love each other. We're supposed to make sure that even though it's frustrating uh, uh, with our spouse or our kids or our friend or our coworker, if they are a believer in Christ, we're going to learn that we're supposed to love them. And that's what this deals with. And, you know, there's uh, much to say uh, about love. Uh, most of you know, if you don't know me, that if, uh, but most of you do, yeah, I love music. And I went through and looked at all these different songs about love. And it is not exhaustive because there are so many songs out there about love. Uh, Dolly Parton and uh, Whitney Houston uh, talked about the fact that they would always love you. Um, uh, Ohio, some of you don't even remember Ohio, you still think it's a state. They talked about love is a roller coaster. Roller coaster, 
of love. Say what? Only those of you in my generation will understand that. Uh, the rest will think that was really dumb. So then they have uh, Captain and Tennille uh, said that love will keep us together. Uh, Taylor Swift talks about all sorts of love stories. Uh, Mariah Carey tells us that love takes time. Uh, Ray Charles uh, talks about the fact that I can't stop loving you. Uh, Wings, uh, which is Bill McCartney, I mean, uh, not Bill McCartney, uh, uh, who is it? I can't remember. Anyway, off the Beatles, he, he sang about all the silly love songs. Uh, Rihanna uh, says that she found love. Uh, the Supremes knew about baby love. Um, and then uh, the Righteous Brothers talked about people losing that love and feeling. And then um, Huey Lewis and Celine Dion talked about the power of love. Uh, uh, Tina Turner said, what's love got to do with it? And Foreigner is, is still wants to know what love is. So we have all these ideas of love and, and, and what it's about. But when he begins to write, um, he's writing about loving each other and how to do that. One of the old songs, it's a song uh, that most of you don't know, some of you do, that I, it, it's a skewed version of love, and that's what people do. They take what they think is love is. They take love based on what they're going through and say, well, this is what love is. Love is based on what God says it is. Here are the ingredients in, uh, of love that he said in, in chapter uh, 13 of uh, 1 Corinthians. But there's this one group called Nazareth that wrote this song. It's called Love Hurts. So they had a very negative. I wanted to show you some of these lines. It says, love hurts, uh, love scars, love wounds, and marks. Uh, any heart not tough or strong enough uh, to take a lot of pain, uh, a lot of pain. Love is like a cloud. It holds a lot of rain. Boy, that's negative. Love hurts. Uh, and then it says, uh, love is like a flame. It burns you when it's hot. And then it says, love is just a lie made to make you blue. Love hurts. Would that be terrible if that was our only view of love? That anything that we experienced uh, with our relationship with other people, that you and I would have this terrible view of love. And what's interesting is a lot of people I meet, even believers that I counsel with or that I talk to, one of the things I learned is that they've given up on love, and you just can't do that. And the reason that they've given up on love, maybe you've given up on love and say, well, I can't do that anymore, is because you view it through how the person treated you instead of how the person should have treated you, what God wanted them to do when it came to loving you and vice versa. So he's writing about love, and in 1 John chapter 4, we'll begin reading in uh, verse 7. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. It doesn't lose anything about uh, uh, what's going on, but uh, it flows very, very well, and you try to follow along in, in, uh, in uh, your translation. So here it is, 1 John. He says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. Now remember, he's talking to those who know Christ, those who are believers. Let us continue to love one another. Why would he say that? I believe it is because some people were frustrated with other believers and what they believed. Uh, there may be that there are those who walked away and said, I, I love God, I'll come and meet at the house church with you, but I'm going to just keep on doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep on sinning, I'm going to keep on living this life. And so it was frustrating them and they couldn't understand that, and so it probably caused some dissension. 
It's like us here in a political time or even during this time with this virus that's going around. Some of us are very serious, and we have a lot of hard time loving people that uh, make light of it or that don't understand that this is something that we need to take seriously. And so our love for them uh, wanes. And so this is what was happening. And that's why I believe he was telling them, listen, you need to continue in love. And it says this, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. Remember those words. But anyone who does not love does not know God. We're going to straighten that out in just a few minutes. He wasn't messed up. He was just uh, understanding that they understood what love is based on God's ingredients of love. It says, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world. Why? So that we might have eternal life through him. And this is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Since no one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, and I love the way they wrote this in the New Living Translation, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. And God has given us his spirit as proof that we live in him and he in us. Furthermore, we have seen with our own eyes. Remember, he's talking about the fact that he and the other disciples, they actually saw Jesus. They touched him. They walked with him. He says, we have seen with our own eyes and now testify that the Father sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. And all who declare that Jesus is the Son of God have God living in them, and they live in God. And we know how much God loves us. And we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God, and God lives in them. And as we live in God, well, our love grows more perfect so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear. Because perfect love expels all fear. And if we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. We love each other because he loved us. Someone says, if someone says, I love God, but hates his fellow believer, that person is a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love God whom we cannot see? And he has given us this commandment. Those who love God must also love their fellow believers. And so, uh, as he's writing this, what I want you to understand, he's, he's developing this understanding of love. But he develops it from a standpoint of, of knowing Christ. And that is true love. Uh, that we would put those ingredients that we learned about, that love is, love is patient, love is kind, love is long-suffering, love does not keep a record of wrong. Us as believers with one another, we need to practice that. 
You know, the people that have hurt me the most or I have been hurt by that they necessarily didn't mean to hurt me or they said things to hurt me weren't strangers. You know, I, I shared a story a while back when I was driving down the road and, and I kind of pulled up on a stop sign just a little bit and somebody got upset and started driving right toward me making a turn and as they did, they slowed down and they gave me the high sign finger. And uh, I, just, I just remember thinking, oh my goodness, what did I do? And he just drove by and there's a part of me that wanted to get out of the car and say, hey, but I, I'm, I looked like I was smaller than him, so I, I, I didn't want to do that. I, I didn't want to beat him up. But anyway, what I wanted to under, you to know is it took me about three to five minutes to get over that because I don't have a relationship with that person. Now, if that would have been one of you, you know, if, if, uh, if, if Jason Roy or Kirby Smith would have done that to me and then they realized, oh, no, that's my pastor, uh, then uh, uh, I, that would have hurt me. I would have drove off thinking, man, that was, that was not right. And even if they said, oh, I didn't know it was you, what? You didn't know it was me? It, it shouldn't have mattered. But when I drove off, three to five minutes, I was over it. The people that hurt us the most are the ones that we love. And that's when we have to take these ingredients of love and practice them, no matter what we think. We're human. We're going to be tempted. Remember, James says that when you're tempted, when I'm tempted not to love somebody or to lash out or not to be patient, then what happens is uh, uh, I have to fight that temptation. And so when we love one another, that's when it hurts. Most people that you're upset with, most people that you're having a hard time struggling with loving them are people that you really love. And you're trying to fight that because your flesh wants to say, I'm done. You ever said that to somebody? I'm done. I'm just done. I'm not going to deal with it anymore. Uh, and uh, when we do that, uh, we're not following this understanding of what love is. And... Um, you know, I used to tell people for that love chapter, I used to tell teenagers all the time when I taught them for years and years, I would say, take, and I still do this now when I counsel people who have an anger issue with their spouse or when I counsel somebody who's upset with somebody within their family. And I say, you know, it, it, or somebody that is a, is a friend and they, lo- they like them, they love them, or they're dating them, I used to say, replace the word love with that person's name and that'll tell you if you're with the right person. That if, if when I married Shannon or when I was dating Shannon, uh, I would say, Shannon is kind. Well, that's true. Shannon uh, keeps no records of wrong. That's true. Well, she used to not. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, she, she keeps no record of wrong. And if we would take that person that even we're dating, or we're trying to figure out, and we, and we put that word love, uh, their name in place of that love, it'll let you know, are they loving like God wants them to, know, to love? And so he's writing uh, this letter, and he's trying to tell these uh, Christians and these believers, hey, guys, you've got to love each other, even if you struggle with one another, even if you get upset with one another. Uh, I know as a pastor, I can't make everybody happy. There's no way that I can make everybody happy. You take 250, 300 people, and you make a decision, and some people I can't make happy. But I know this. If they disagree with me, it doesn't change my love for them. If they leave the church, it doesn't change my love for them. It's hard to deal with, but I'm going to practice those ingredients of love that uh, Paul talked about. But when John wrote this, what I want you to walk away with this morning are some things that I saw in the Scripture. Remember, the way that I read Scripture is I first read it, 
I study it for myself. I say, Holy Spirit, help me. John even taught us that in the first two chapters. Hey, the Holy Spirit will teach you. And these are the things that I saw. And then I did some study to find out uh, some other things uh, that uh, uh, were good for us to learn. But as we go through these, I want you to know as you read this, here's what I saw that I think we can put into practice. All right? So here they are. The first one is continuing love for one another. As believers in Christ, it doesn't matter what somebody did, what somebody said that's another believer. Uh, I've always said this, that people are going to do what they want to do. You can't change that. And then eventually, if they're a believer and they listen to the Holy Spirit and they abide in him. And now in, uh, in the uh, New American Standard Version, the ESV, those more little translations, he uses the word abide. You have to abide in Christ. And we're going to be learning about that more in a, in a couple of weeks when we start the abide study on Easter Sunday. But you need to abide in Christ so that you continue in love for one another. So those people that have hurt you, uh, those people that have upset you, that, those people that don't even think like you, even on political issues, on this corona issue, uh, or even on biblical issues that you both believe in Christ, you both believe that he died for your sin, you both confess that, but when it comes to other thoughts and beliefs, you differ. And one of you says, well, that's crazy. You're, you're not opening your heart to, to somebody and you pull away. That's not love. You have to continue to love one another. Uh, uh, when, you're, when your mom hurts you, but you know your mom's a believer, or your dad or, or your children say something, and you know that they're believers, but it really cut you, you know what you do? You continue in love. He said that uh, in uh, six different verses. He continually talked about, uh, in verse 7, let us love one another. Uh, in verse 11, we also ought to love one another. In verse 12, if we love one another. In verse 20 and 21, uh, the one who does not love his brother. Uh, and, and also in verse 21, for uh, one who loves God should love his brother. Over and over again, it tells us we have to continue in love. Whether you like it or whether I like it or not, it's hard sometimes, but you continue in love. You go, well, how do I know how to continue in love? Go to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and read that love chapter, right? And what you need to do is see, am I practicing what, what John talked about and what Paul talked about later in the letter he wrote to the Corinthians? So you have to continue in love. <laughs> Here's the thing. Another thing is you know Jesus and you know love. I believe those who are connected to Christ have this ability, because the Holy Spirit lives within them, that if you know Jesus, you know love. The more you abide in Jesus, the more you're going to know about Jesus, the more you're going to know about how to love, and the more you're going to listen to the Holy Spirit in your life to tell you, hey, listen, you need to straighten up here. You're not loving. But you know Jesus you know love. When people say, well, I have a hard time loving them. I've had people say that to me. I have a hard time loving them. Well, uh, uh, bless your heart. We all have a hard time loving uh, people at different times, but you continue to love. Why? Because when you know Jesus, you know love. You know what love is. Love is of God. Love is from God. And so my encouragement in, to you is that if you're struggling with loving that person, you're struggling with how to love them when maybe they really are wrong or maybe they really were, uh, uh, they, uh, were very rude to you or they treated you in a bad way. Guess what? You know Jesus, so you know love. 
And the more that you know Jesus and the more that you know about who he is and what he wants for your life and study him and listen to the Holy Spirit, the bottom line is it will become easier to do the first thing, to continue in love for one another. Continue in love for one another. I think the older I've gotten and also uh, some people who get older give up on love because they're not connected to Christ. They give up and go, well, I'm, I don't even want them at the house. I don't, I don't even want them to be around me. I'm old now. I'm going to do what I want. Well, that's not Christ-like. But the older I get, the more I know Jesus, the more I know what he wants, the more I know love, and the more I'm going to um, uh, put those ingredients of love and continue in love. And so I want you to know, for some of you who are struggling to love somebody and you've distanced yourself from them, if they are a believer in Christ, that's where dissension happens. And you just have to buck up and look at what the Lord says through his word and say, you know what? I'm going to love you the way Christ loved me. And that's what you have to do. When I was in youth ministry, man, people left the church. They didn't agree with this or they didn't agree with how I did youth ministry. And I would just say, okay, I understand. I just want you to do what's right in the Lord. Let's treat each other kindness. And when some people walked away, they walked away rude. They did not want to be my friend. But you say, Pat, did you ever do that? Yes, I did. Um, And there are times in my life where people hurt me. And, you know, um, I just kind of dropped them. And as I look back on that, that was not really the right thing to do. That's not what Christ wanted me to do. And because of that, relationships were severed. Um, And there were those that I pursued that I loved so much that didn't want to pursue that love relationship back. And I'm talking about guys who I truly loved with, played golf with, hung out with, that I love these men. They're my friends. They helped me. They sharpened me. And then something happened, and they pulled away, or I pulled away. That's not what Christ wants. When we're believers, we are to love. So no, uh, no Jesus, no love. And in verse 7 and 9 through 10, and in verse 13 and in verse 5, he tells us that. He keeps using that word, no. If you, if you have knowledge of God, and the way that we have knowledge of God is that we abide in him. And then the next thing is, no love, no Jesus. When we look at the world and we see how they treat with one another who are not attached to Christ, then all of a sudden it's easy, it's easy for us to understand. Unless you know Christ, unless you are a believer, uh, it's going to be difficult to know and understand what love is because love I believe, for the most part, in the world is based on emotion, based on what you did for me, based on how you made me feel. It's more than that when you become a Christian. It's how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to respond. So no love, no Jesus. How do you know love? You know love by knowing God. The more that you know Jesus, the more that you know love. Then you continue in love. Why do you get so upset, many of you get so upset, because that was not, do you say, that was not nice out of them? I believe there are people who know how to be nice that don't know Christ, but then there are people who don't know Christ, and they don't understand what being nice is. They, they have no room for being uh, a long-suffering. They have no room uh, for, for not showing their uh, real emotion of anger because that's what you do. Uh, but remember, we know that it says be angry, but what? Don't sin. So no love, no Jesus. Don't let it surprise you when people don't know how to love. And then the next thing that I want you to learn is this. Love is perfected. It's a process. And so now, here I am, 56, but when I was 44, 43, 
it would still be perfecting me and how I treated people that hurt me within the body of Christ. Love is constantly being perfected. We'll not understand and know fully what love is until, until we see Christ in heaven. If you think that you loved somebody on earth here and you get to heaven and see them and recognize them, and you will, uh, I believe, that if you see them, you will know a greater love than you can ever imagine. You love them down here on earth, but once you see them and you sift it all through uh, this understanding what heaven is through Christ, it's going to be a greater love than you can ever imagine. So if you think, man, I love my Mima, I loved my dad, I loved my, my child, I loved uh, this person that changed my life. If you think that you really love them, just wait till you go to heaven and you see them. I believe it'll be a love that's fully perfected. So um, love is perfected. And num- number, if you follow that under the love is perfected over time. Listen, be patient with believers who are learning how to love, especially new people who come into Christ and go, man, I'm just trying to get rid of this anger. Uh, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to get rid of this jealousy. I'm trying to get rid of this holding grudges. Well, it's being perfected to them. And what you do is say, hey, listen, I, if you were honest, I know your struggles. Because if you told me that, I'd go, man, I know your struggles. Even toward the body of Christ, Love is being perfected in me through every experience I go through. If, watch this, I abide in Christ. And that's what he said. If you abide in Christ, if you know love, if you know Christ, you know love. And so that will help you continue in love. So it's going to be built over time. And then also love is perfected not, over, not only over time, but to build confidence. It's going to build confidence in you. Now, uh, over the years, if people leave the church or if people walked away from my rela- a relationship that I had with them because of something they didn't agree with, I want to tell you something. For me, and what John uh, was writing here, is that it's going to build your confidence. It's going to build confidence in this life, and it's build confidence in the life to come. So uh, love is perfected over time, and love builds confidence in this life and the life to come. And then the last thing is that love casts out all fear. And if there's fear in you, even during this time, if there's something that you're not understanding, love casts out all fear. All fear is cast out. So if you go, man, I'm fearful about how this person treated me or what this person said to me, if you would just love them, it'll cast out that fear, and then you'll realize, you know, God's in control. Remember when John wrote this, um, he was writing to cast out that fear. There was a fear that the church was uh, probably being, uh, uh, being destroyed to them. They may have had a house church of 20 people, and all of a sudden, you know, there's nine left, and this fear is, what are these Gnostics doing to our church? These people are leaving. There was a fear of it going down. See, there would be a fear right now, is even though there are empty seats here, and I know that there are over what? Micah, 110, 120 people watching right now. You know, I have no fear. I have no fear that the Lord's going to provide for you because he loves you. I have no fear that the Lord's going to provide for me because he loves me. I have no fear that the Lord's not going to provide for this church because this church is what he's coming back for one day. This is the bride of Christ. And listen, he will come back for his bride. And if he's going to come back for his bride, he's going to take care of of his bride. And John was writing all this 
And he was simply saying, listen, you have to abide in me. You have to continue in love. I know these people have hurt your feelings. I know that they've upset you, but you have to continue in love. You know, uh, uh, here's the thing, the question that you need to ask yourself. I mean, you're in, some of you, my wife and I are together, and we're just in the house, you know, and we're, we're just, she's working and I'm working, and we stop and eat, and uh, we talk, and, and we'll binge watch something, then we'll go back to work. Uh, we really don't have any issues with one another. It, you know, we, we don't have a problem loving one another. But um, <laughs> uh, you're in there with your kids, right? The ones, that are, the ones that are two and three and four, and they don't know love yet. You know, that's why they throw things at you or they slap you in the face whenever you say no, right? And then you have to spank them, and you spank them out of love. But listen, here's the thing. Uh, this is a time where you're going to have to be perfected in love for your children, perfected in love for those who are writing things on Facebook that you know. Remember, know, uh, if you know Jesus, you know love. If you don't know Jesus, you don't know love. You don't know how to do that. And so my question is, what dwells in you? Well, I'll tell you, if you believe in Jesus Christ, he dwells in you, and he will help you be perfected in love. Therefore, he causes you to be patient with your children. He causes you to be patient with your spouse. He causes you to be patient with your grandparents, your parents. He causes you to be patient with your neighbor. He causes you to be patient, calls you to be patient in every way and to love them unconditionally. So what dwells in you? If Christ dwells in us, listen, folks, then we have the ability to love. Not just worldly love that's based on emotion, based on how the people f- treat us, based on what God says love is. So my encouragement to you this week, as you spend another seven days at home with your family, uh, listen, love. And for those of you who are out there going, man, I, I, I've, I, I don't really know love. I, I do love based on emotion. I, I treat others based on how they treat me. I didn't know there was this higher love that God has for me. You will never understand love at its highest form. First of all, until you get to heaven, but watch this, until you confess Christ. So if you're out there watching, there are many people that are watching with us. They know love. And they can even say, man, I, wasn't, I was being perfected yesterday when I messed up. But for you that may not know, confess Christ, you have to have Christ dwelling in you. And what I want to encourage you, all you have to do is make that confession that you would confess that Jesus uh, was the Son of God, that he died on the cross for our sin, and you would make that confession that he was the God the Father, it was his Son that did all this. And he died. In two or three weeks, we will celebrate Easter, even if it's in home. And he died for our sin, and he rose again so that we could know more about love. So this week, love. And if that's you, I'm going to pray. And at any time you want to say, man, I want to make that confession, then you can do that. I'm going to pray for us. And if you said, man, I, I want that love in my heart, then you can do that right here. And I encourage you in your own heart, in your own mind, to confess Christ. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much for, man, the ability to be able to stream the ability to be able to share your gospel 
Um, even though I don't see these people, I know they're here, I know they're listening, and I know they desire to live for you. And for those who don't know you, for those who don't know you, Father, I pray, even right now, they would say this, Lord, I know that you sent your son to die for me. And I ask you to forgive me for my sin. And I confess and I believe that you died for me and can teach me how to love from this point on. So Jesus, we love you. And uh, we thank you for this Sunday. We pray that we'll have a great family time as we eat lunch together and enjoy each other's company. And Father, we just want to tell you thank you again for allowing us to be a part of the greater thing of sharing your gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, again, I thank you for joining us, and uh, I hope that you will get ready for next Sunday. Remember, and we're going to be letting you know more about this, we plan to do the Lord's Supper on, uh, on April the 5th. And so sometime uh, during the week, we're going to ask you to come as a family, stay in your car, pick up the Lord's Supper. Now, the only thing that would stop us from doing that is if we didn't get it in the mail. Because right now, the important thing is that hospitals and uh, those places get their masks, get everything that they need to keep uh, those on the front lines safe. And so if all of a sudden we don't get the Lord's Supper, then we will tell you uh, how to prepare for that because we want them to be safe. And pray for all those who are out there at the hospitals and taking care of people. Pray for our doctors and our nurses, our dentists, everybody who's out there just trying to help people uh, with certain needs that they have. We pray for you. We know that we have many nurses uh, out there. Thank you for what you do. And uh, remember, send a text, um, send, a, send a card, send a letter encouraging these folks that we know are on the front lines. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. And, uh, hey, be on the lookout. Uh, we're going to have little Debbies with Pastor Pat this week, probably two or three times. And so I'll be doing that from my home. So I hope you'll join me. And uh, those will be pre-recorded uh, and sent to you. So grab a little Debbie and get ready. God bless you. Have a great, great week.